have to secure you as the wrath is coming, right? We see it in the days of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah, and we see it also in that Isaiah 26, 19 to 21, and we see it also at this hour. In fact, tonight I'm going to have a very significant scripture here that really highlights that. And it's called the pre-tribulation rapture. I don't give it from any academic point of view. I give it, I give it from what the Lord has shown me, the visions of God. Hallelujah. And so, this is a very powerful time because at this hour, then you can make substantive progress. You can make decisions. You can help the church to decide. And I say it again, when you read First Thessalonians or any other scripture about the rapture of the church, we say this is what you see. Number one, in that scripture, which we're going, let's just read it because it looks like we're a full house again. You are going to see that there is the imminency of his return. They will be shouting at you. And then you have to step out and preach and teach the church on the imminency of his return. And how does that now instruct your Christian life on this earth? We say the imminency of his return is what keeps you alert. Is what makes the Christian now adjust their lives to gravitate around the coming of the Messiah. Because he comes at an hour you least expect. And you don't want to miss the return of Christ, right? Hallelujah. And so, I want us to go right straight um, to, to First Thessalonians, blessed people. So we can read that key scripture. I know today we are on another scripture, but just allow me for purposes of this introduction. And you have allowed me to go up to 10 p.m., right? That is powerful because, because we have uh, the permission to do this today, right? Yeah, yeah, thank you. So today is our last day under this. So, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. I know that now it, it is ingrained in you because we've shouted it, we've read it again and again, right? And that is the intent for giving it to you uh, back and forth. He says again here, just enter, my daughters, you've not lost anything. Come and sit on the stairs. Sit on the stairs. Get Muketiko stairs up. Mupanda to you, Muketiko stairs up. Somebody's leading you there. So he says, brothers and sisters, again, who are those? That is the church. And so right away, if you're tuned in as we, you know, we are aware that people are tuned in from Sydney, Australia. They're tuned in from Melbourne, Australia, from New York City. They're tuned in all over globally, even in their cars, by internet, radio, they're following us in Seoul, South Korea, and everywhere. If you're tuned in in those places and you wonder, this thing about the rapture, I have heard about it. How can I benefit from it also? From the first starting statement alone, you can tell the criteria. Those to whom it's confined. It says, brothers and sisters. Meaning, it is strictly restricted to Christian believers. So the first thing is, you receive Christ. Hallelujah. What you need to do is simply receive Christ. And says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you the truth that we who are still alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who are fallen asleep. That is very powerful. That is now the Lord making a bold move. Engineer, I've seen you. I bless you. Uh, you're gonna. So, that is the Lord making a... Okay, in fact, we are going to introduce you today, right? 
the Lord making a... Okay, in fact, we are going to introduce you today, right? With, with, with Mama, the bishop, right? The church into heaven. That, that's already too big, right? Because in other words, they will fly over the sky in the clouds and so forth. You are telling mortal men that. That that day will come, they will leave. If they are closed, they will go to some mansions up there. But as they begin... Funerals, the sorrows, isolation, abandonment, and all these things that death has brought, the pain and sadness that death has brought on the earth. He begins to tell you right there that when he's talking about the rapture, they have been neutralized by the Lord. The sting of death has been taken away. That is the first thing he presents there. And we've seen this already. I know you're writing, which is a good thing to do. But we have seen this before, when I was standing here. We saw very clearly that by virtue of the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus, which is called the glorious resurrection, the first resurrection, then you two are now partakers. And that is what he's raising there. He's saying that because you have this hope of resurrection, then you ought to live your lives totally differently from the rest of mankind on the earth. He said, your life should be, look at this now, a victorious Christian life. Victorious. That is what he's trying to say here. Has to be victorious. Hallelujah. Why? Because he says, now he's taking two polar ends. Death and pain and funerals, mobs and everything, rotting dead bodies. And on this other side, hope. And it's combining that we say now, in that morning, you don't mourn like the rest who have no hope. For you have hope. And that hope is because the Lord promised the rapture. He promised one day to come. That if you die before he comes, he promised that those who have died before the rapture, he's saying here, that was the big thing being addressed there, right? They were crying, how about our loved ones who have died? You know, what will be of them? Are their souls lost? Because at that time, of course, there was a misteaching there that said that uh, souls sleep, you can tell. And they were now being told that no, because Jesus died and rose again. And the Lord Jesus is the first fruits of those who resurrected. You know Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, first begotten from among the dead, right? Because he's there, look at this now. He's saying, even you now, heaven has already tasted the first fruits from the graves, right? So even you, you're going to come in as the harvest now. I mean, if somebody dies before the rapture, he says the following, that the soul, their souls go up there to be in conscious, conscious presence of God, conscious fellowship with the Lord. It is the body that now remains unredeemed waiting for rapture and the Holy Spirit has been given to you in a very unique way not like ever before not in the Old Testament not after the rapture the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a very unique way that God chose as a special exclusive blessing to the church that now the Holy Spirit infills you and he's saying the infilling of the Holy Spirit is actually a deposit is a down payment that proves, that guarantees that on the day of rapture, you redeem your bodies so that you have glorious bodies. Okay, you'll say, but just a moment. How about those who are killed from the bomb blast? 
when the body has been incinerated? How does that happen? Okay, we know that the body of uh, of uh, Lazarus was putrefied, putrefication in Spanish, was putrefied, meaning rotten and fluid. But when he said, Lazarus, come out, the authority of the Messiah is unbelievable. The creative power of the Messiah. Whether you were cremated, will come back. That command will bring back your body. And that's why I'm saying, even those who have done transgender uh, surgeries and so forth, once they receive Christ, on that day they will get back their full body. Hallelujah. Very serious. And that's why the Lord is using that and saying, you ought now to be living different lives, differently. Are we together? You ought to be living a life that is victorious. When people are mourning, for you understand that you have a greater life ahead of you here. There is hope. And then he says here, he says something amazing. He says that uh, there is ignorance. You know, those things were raised. I don't want to waste time on this because I have a big thing ahead of me here. We raise the ignorance that has consumed it to the church. Because you, you would think that the church in Thessalonia was ignorant about these matters, right? The church in Thessalonia was ignorant about, like we have seen, the condition of the soul, right? They did not know that your soul lasts or lives forever. can tell that's the big deal there right and so now we said okay they were ignorant but how about now can we examine the present church also yeah can we look we, we, we agree that church was ignorant but now that the matter of ignorance has been raised can we now take some time and look at this church too could there be something about ignorance that we also need to address here and when you open that up look at the big things that came out Massive things came out. We realized that number one, the church in Thessalonia, Thessaloniki, that church was actually ignorant of fundamental foundation of the faith, which is, which is resurrection. However, however, it's amazing because for them they were ignorant in the context of trembling and panicking, not wanting to miss the the coming of the Messiah. In fact, some of them were at one point thinking that the Messiah has come. If you get to read Second Thessalonians, then you, you see the, the correction that comes to them. They thought that the tribulation has come. And they have missed the rapture already. So for them now, they were actually ignorant in the context of fearing to miss the rapture. And then now, we said, look at this now. Let us take this aspect of ignorance. The things the Lord has raised it up. Could it be that there is, because that is now the biggest body of believers then. Could it be that Also pertains to us. Can we just open up and see? Uh, let's look at the church. Is there anything happening? Of found out that there is an enormous, unbelievable, huge body of Christ. I don't know. What, they are called the ignorant brethren in the house of the Lord, in the body of Christ. 
Why would I make such an overriding, uh, terrible statement live on radio like this globally? I am justified to do so. Why? Why? Because you simply look at the way they are prosecuting their lives and executing their Christian salvation. Then you realize there is a serious misunderstanding. Number one, you look at your present day church and the manner in which they have trivialized the must needs. Did you hear the must needs? Must needs. The requirements, the requisites of Christian salvation. In other words, if we go back, if we decide now to go back, let us decide to go back to square one. Let us decide to go back to square one and ask basic questions. In other words, to the cross and the blood, the original gospel. And let us ask, what are the basics of salvation? Number one, to understand that mankind has fallen, right? Number two, to know that Jesus came to restore fallen man. So if man fell and fell short of holiness, and fell short of righteousness, then even a child will tell you that if Jesus came to restore, he must have come to restore holiness and righteousness. So those are requisites, prerequisites of salvation, right? You don't need to go to school for someone to teach you that. That if an engineer is told to come and restore this bridge, he puts it back to what it was before the, it fell, right? And so the fall was falling from holiness, falling from the fear of God, falling from righteousness. And then now, look at me, blessed people. Focus on me now. So, but when you look at the present day church, you realize there is a misunderstanding there. So the Lord was saying that there is ignorance, there is not being enlightened. There is people who are, we are not, they are not educated on matters of salvation. Basics. I'm talking about basics. And look at this now. For them, their ignorance is different from the ignorance that the church in Thessaloniki was executing, was, was, was uh, portraying. Because the church in Thessaloniki was ignorant in the context that she was panicking that she's going to lose the rapture, miss it. But in this age, they are ignorant to the extent that they are deep in sin, my Lord. So it's not panicking that you're going to miss the rapture. They are deep in sin. So that is terrible. Hallelujah. And number two, the way they take the Bible, they take this scripture. I don't have time to really go through this introduction. I need to finish it now. Because we have a big thing ahead of us. As though they are saying the God of the Old Testament is not the God they are worshipping. They love the God of the New Testament. They hear the grace. So they love three things. When they hear that there is a big celebration in heaven, there is going to be wedding supper, there is peace and joy. They want to enjoy the securities of salvation without understanding that there are responsibilities. That, look at this now. Can I say it better? The Lord says he has a redemptive plan for you. Are we together? God is speaking to you, God Almighty, and He's saying He has a what? A redemptive plan to redeem you from the trouble you are in. He wants to give you His redemption. His redemption, right? The Lord is saying the plan is His. And He's saying for Him to execute that plan into your life and save you, He needs your obedience. 
wants you to obey him. Are we now together? So then, you begin to understand that obedience is central and key. And that's why there is a problem now. There is a problem because right now, they pick and choose. If you, for, that's why, for example, that's why if you have a church, if you have a church where someone is rebuking sin, I know here is different because now, of course, creepers are walking, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, everybody is running here. That's all right, we bless the Lord, right? Yes, yes. So, but, but then, it's very serious because in your normal conventional way, you rebuke sin, they walk away. Here, you people have come. I'm talking to you. Why am I talking about they? You. You have come simply because of the power of God. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, you are not the type that are about to sit down there and hear rebuke, scathing rebuke every day. You just walk away. But no, no, no. I know you're shaking your head. But that was, I'm the one that came into the scene, right? They would just walk away. About to sit down there and so hear rebuke, scathing rebuke every day. You just walk away. But no, no, no. I know you're shaking your head. But that was, I'm the one that came into the scene, right? They would just walk away. And so when you see the church in that order, then you realize there's a great gross misunderstanding, disinformation. Okay, so he's saying the following. He's saying that you have to position yourself at the right place so you can receive the right information about the coming of the Messiah. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ignorant. So in saying, find yourself to a church where the right information about the rapture will be given to you. And he's saying, in the same way also, that you, look at this now, the other side of the coin. You must also be careful to make sure you don't find yourself in a place where there is misinformation on the rapture. Or where somebody says, no, he's not coming back in the rapture. So then you will not even prepare. Hallelujah. I know when I enter the scene, everybody will talk about second coming, second coming, second. Now you understand they are different there too. Hallelujah. There is the second coming to Jerusalem, and then there is the rapture of the church like a thief to snatch the church, right? And so, now, look at this now. We realize that there is a graver, a graver misunderstanding, uh, 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 they, are, they are not enlightened. They, they are, they are, um, we do not want to be uninformed. They are uninformed. Uninformed of the following. Look at this now. On the holiness of God. That's why you see women are walking nude in the churches. Totally nude. In the churches. Because nobody told them that, look, just a moment, the Lord has holiness requirements. The God we serve is holy. We must prepare and we approach Him as holy. Every day we live in the eyes of the Lord. Not just on Sunday and then on Monday to Friday, in those offices, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an engineer, I'm whatever, they are walking nude there. That means they don't understand the Lord, the God we serve, that He is omnipotent and omnipresent, and He watches and He is a writing God. He is writing everything every day. Hallelujah. So that means also that they are uninformed on the nature of God. Let me tell you one thing. Just focus on me now as I finish this. This is serious. That if you will not know or understand 
or have information, the right information on the God you worship, that will determine whether you worship Him right or not. And number two, it will eventually determine your destiny. That is serious. Destination. Whether you enter heaven or not. So this is serious. You guys are going out there to make sure you lay it clean and clear to the ship that they may now make a determinate determination on their destination and enter heaven. Right? You're going to tell them that we serve a holy God. And he's watching all the time whether you are hidden in the closet. If you see the way the church is behaving, they think that you see, they can just go out there in the conferences, take a secretary and whatever, do those things. Right? No. He is holy. And he requires obedience that you may be able to fit into his redemption plan. Right? Hallelujah. And so, and if you see at the pulpit, the preaching of prosperity 24-7, and the neglecting of the basics, the most important for entry, holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. You see this announcing of, so you see, do what? Trying to sell miracles or whatever, fake ones. That means even the pulpit has not understand, understood Jehovah. There's a misinformation. They, they, they are not informed on who Jehovah is. You cannot sell the blood of Jesus at market price, right? And so those are the things that glare now on your face when you look at the church in terms of the ignorance that is prevailing, that is percolating in the house of the Lord, right? That is what we saw. And then we saw another thing that resurrection came out very big. That the reason is telling them that you have hope. Don't live like, like the rest. Don't, don't mourn like the rest. For you have hope. That that hope is embedded, is founded on the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then he's saying the following. That that death and resurrection of Jesus is our promise to be resurrected. That you are partakers of the glorious resurrection of Christ. And he's saying the following. That that resurrection that is fronting here in verses 13, 14 that we have just seen, is actually fronting the don't have hope beyond the tombs, right? But that resurrection is fronting. We saw the following in our concluding statement. We saw that that resurrection is actually the one that now transfers your citizenship from this earth to heaven. Because now you know you don't belong here. That once you receive that glorious body, remember the vision of October 18th? 2021 actually saying that all people that sleep must one day do what? Wake up. So if you're squandering your life, say, no, me, I don't care. If I die, I die. Then you're going to be shocked that a time will come when you have woken up and you are now to give account. The time for accountability. You are now before your creator. And then all of a sudden when he says that death is sleep, so he is essentially saying that the life you have today is not yours. Because death is a door now to the realm of eternity when now you meet your creator. And if you meet him there, he will simply ask you to give account on how you live the life, his life that he gave you. All of a sudden you find that you have to account. Hallelujah. And so it's a serious warning the Lord is laying before the generation. He's saying death is sleep. That all people that sleep must wake up. Those are some of the highlights that came up. I'm simply summarizing because we have a big uh, tendency here. That all people that are alive today, whoever you're seeing next to you, in front of you, in front of you, this way, whatever, all these people, they will exist forever. I remember I'm using the word existence, exist. 
And so, there is no dodging God. Because, you know, you think that you have dodged him on the earth here, you don't want his salvation. All of a sudden you die and wake up, where you must now give account to him. Hallelujah. And that's why for me it's very powerful that I've caught up with you people before it has happened to you. Hallelujah. So you have real chance of making determinations and enter into the kingdom of God Almighty. Right? And so that's one of the things we saw in that tremendous highlight. But today, if you can allow me to begin on tonight, I know I have so much that I need to cover here. Yesterday we said the following. We were looking at, we were still looking at the very things that scream at you when you read First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. The lead scripture on rapture. The things that come shouting at you. And yesterday we saw that one of them is the person of the Antichrist is coming. That's one of the things that comes screaming at you. When you hear the Lord is coming to take the church at rapture, then what you hear essentially is that the Antichrist is coming. So that really improves on the quality of your waiting or your preparation, right? Because you don't want to make chances, I mean, to take chances now or make a mistake. Are we together? So the Antichrist is coming. And then we said also that when you're reading the scripture on the rapture of the church, what comes screaming to you, as I mentioned yesterday, is the wedding supper of the Lamb, right? Or the wedding of the Lamb. Remember, we left off at that point yesterday. Yes, again, those of you who are here, we, I also mentioned that other than that, another thing that screams at you is the triumphant return to Jerusalem, right? Okay, the, 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 the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat also, where you have to appear to give account on how you carried the salvation you have. Did you use it to reach out to people? Then you see different people get different prizes. And yet we know that the way the metaphor, the way the Lord puts it in the Bible, is that there is a race. And each one is fighting to get the first prize. Hallelujah. And we saw very clearly from the scripture that says that the foundation is Christ Jesus died and resurrected and that each of us now builds on that. You can use straw for building, others use gold, wood, stone. So when the fire now will come, whatever remains there, then you have uh, a reward, right? If you use straw, you can imagine it won't survive, right? And so we saw that when you read the scripture on the rapture of the church, what should be shouting at you or coming at your face is the fact that, hey, well, I'm being taken up there. What, what am I going to present? You remember Revelation chapter 14 says, Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Revelation 14, 13. And he says, why? Why are they blessed? Because, number one, they retire from their labor. And then number two, their good deeds will follow them. So you should be asking yourself, what are the deeds? What are my good deeds that will follow me up there? Hallelujah. I think this is really a moment of reckoning in the church so that it's not just sheep, sheep sitting, but you have duty. And remember that those duties are also various. They are various. You could be an usher, you could be in the hospital ministry, you could be just cleaning up the church, right? But the Lord is writing all, right? And so that is what came to us. Another thing that came to us, I want to, I want to run through this is that as you read about the rapture of the church, that the Lord is about to take the church, then you quickly also come to realize that, just a moment, there is the glorious return 
Of course, I said the wedding of the Lamb. And then there's the glorious return, triumphant return, I called it, to Jerusalem with Jesus. Because remember in the scripture of the rapture, what does he tell you? He tells you in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that therefore we will be, you see, and we who are still alive will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And therefore we will be with the Lord forever. He is introducing the church to eternity with Christ. And this is what eternity means. That now, never ever again will you be separated from Jesus. Let us clap to that. Because without Jesus, <coughs> without Jesus, we saw, we saw really, really how John wailed and wept before the throne. Life without a Savior. Can you imagine the earth without the Savior? It's unbelievable. And so, again, in that First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, verse 17, now introduces the church to eternity with Christ. Meaning, at the rapture of the church, never ever again will you be separated from Jesus. Do you understand that? And so, can I explain that? That means, if he's going up to the throne, you're Jerusalem now for second coming, you are with him. And then, when he enters the millennial reign kingdom, you are also there reigning with him. And then, when he finally enters into the eternal commonwealth of God, eternal estate of God, eternal state, you are entering there with him. If he enters the new Jerusalem, you are there with him. So that is the meaning of that. And that's why I said when you read the script of the rapture, it cannot escape your attention that it should be shouting to you also about the triumphant return to Jerusalem. And that you have to bring to the church also and bring awareness to them. Hallelujah. And then, on top of that, I've said that you, it should also remind you of the millennial reign itself. So that the church becomes aware that this offer the Lord gave us is much bigger than you thought. There's the millennial reign of Christ. And if I had time, I would have really spoken to you how during the millennial reign, do you remember that when it comes to the earth, the great tribulation has just taken place, the earth is toxic, totally destroyed, because if you read the events of uh, the cascade of the tribulation, at one point all the water is toxic and people are dying for drinking it. At one point the Lord just destroys all mountains and mows down, tumbles down all cities. At one point, you know, uh, all the, 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 the animals in the sea have died and so forth. Everything is toxic at that time. And yet, in a snap like this, everything becomes brand new, green. He says, it's like a spring in a desert. And so, if you have time, if we have time, I would have gone with you back to the church age and read scriptures like Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 and so forth, where he's promising the overcomers. At one point he says, those who overcome, I'll give access to the tree of life. So what happens is this. He brings the tree of life down, and it does a miraculous regeneration of the earth. The tree of life that you see, the Lord has anchored us on like this, on this mission. Hallelujah. If I had time, I would have done that. But I want us today, so, so we have all this millennial reign, the eternal state, uh, the, 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 uh, the wedding of the Lamb. Uh, so so I, I will just read very fast the wedding of the Lamb, right? 
And then after that, I begin the message tonight, right? Yes, so that is a grand day, the day of the wedding of the Lamb. That is a grand day, meaning a big day, a huge day. It is a grand day where there is a master reunion. If you, if you have been to the military or to the police training academy, there is what we call the grand master parade. Where everybody, anyone created by God, yeah, <laughs> must be found standing there. <laughs> if you are not found there, you are done. You are done. It's, it's just finished. There is no question about that. Everybody created by the Lord must be found standing there. That's the grand master parade. So, for heaven, this is it now. He said, it's the day of the grand master reunion between the, I mean, members of the redemption family of God, the ones he has redeemed. Hallelujah. Those of the Old Testament, all the prophets, the patriarchs, the New Testament saints, and everybody, the apostles. That is the day finally when everybody now in the family of God, hallelujah, is found there now. And so we can read from Revelation 19. I don't have time. This was not the big thing for today. But just that you may go away, right? Revelation chapter 19, if you read before from verse 1, it says, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of great multitude in heaven, shouting. I'm reading verse 1, Revelation 19. I know we've been reading 6, but 1. Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are His judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute. You remember the false religion that comes in the great tribulation? That's how he presents. Remember the vision of the prostitute of the beast? That is now the, the, the sick alliance, the, the, the wicked alliance, the terrible alliance between uh, uh, the, the, the false religion and the civil authority, or whichever way you want to put it, the beast, right? And so that's what he's describing here. He's actually describing the, the final judgment of that religion, the false religion that comes, whereby they don't want Christ and so forth, you know. And then the beast. Can, can I go on this now?
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.